Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Monday, May the 2nd, 2022. Praise be to God. Will Russia use a nuclear weapon? Well, we're going to talk to Colonel Matt Dooley about that coming up at 35 past the hour. Of course, the Russian foreign minister has been talking a lot about that lately, so we're going to get some insight into that. But also on the program, Michael Hitchborn from Lepanto Institute is going to be rejoining the program. He's got a brand new report on funding of pro-abortion groups uh, dropping this morning. We're going to get the uh, insider and first response to that coming up at 15 past the hour. Turns out the ghost of Kiev was fake news. <laughs> well, didn't see that coming. Investigation, <laughs> COVID-positive nursing home residents were given deadly euthanasia cocktails. There was that. Uh, archaeologists in Turkey found the largest underground city on earth that could potentially or did potentially house up to 70,000 Christians during the persecutions of the early church. Warren Buffett gives $50 million to pro-abortion Catholics for choice. There was a big tornado in Kansas and yet another food processing plant caught fire over the weekend. So all of that and more coming up today on the show. Good morning to Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Are you? We should keep a tracker of food plants that caught on fire in 2022, and just always keep it on our live video feed. You know what? I was joking on Friday that I was going to make tinfoil hats for us, but now I think maybe I should because I, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. news gets weirder yeah. and weirder. People, mm-hmm. circumstances demand. I would say yes, yes. We should have our our, our shelf of tinfoil hats <laughs> behind me on the screen. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Despite the fact that uh, it was a long weekend, it was a good weekend, but a long one. Friday you know, was amazing. Friday was good. It was a lot of fun. That looks so the, cool. Uh, the basketball game was a lot of fun. The seminarians mm-hmm. beat the priests, mm-hmm. so praise be to God. Um, the only downside is mm-hmm. like half the team is getting ordained. So, <laughs> so awkward whippersnappers. Isn't awkward. that funny? They they, they get to pull off their opponent's that, team and still they lose every is, year. Isn't that weird how that works? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. But uh, praise be to God. And uh, Saturday, I was hanging out with a lot of my friends, uh, helping out with a little project, made a little small uh, mock radio show for a friend of mine. And uh, all around, good time. Praise God. Rudy, what did you do over the weekend? Well, I did a lot of relaxing, let me tell you. I just spent the whole weekend resting up, and I felt great. Except for last night. This rest word you speak of, is that Latin? What is, what is this? This rest that you rest, say? Restus? Uh, like, I don't know what that means. I feel rested. You, I don't, again, I have no idea what this is supposed <laughs> to mean. This is some sort of turn of speech here? I have no idea. Uh, we'll rest when we are dead, I was told. And uh, so far, that's, uh, that's probably holding oh, up true. I did get some awesome mm-hmm. footage of some pelicans. I posted hey it in the CDT chat. Praise be to God. And uh, I'll post it later. Uh, you're, cool. you're the bird whisperer. Yeah. I, am. <laughs> I go, come here. 
<laughs> we we had uh, we had fun over the weekend. Of course, we had the big basketball game uh, on Friday, which was four thousand screaming fans of awesome, so cool. and that was such a good time. And then, of course, Saturday we celebrated with some friends of ours, Theoni Bell. Remember, we interviewed yeah. her. We inter- we celebrated with with their family. Uh, their son received first communion, and uh, oh, so what God. a grace that was. Yesterday we got caught in some wild storm. You know, it was uh, we were we were going to an open house at a at a flight school where they teach you to become. <laughs> Uh, commercial pilots, and uh, and we got caught in this ma- major storm. It was pretty intense, for, but other than that, God is good. Great weekend. Hey, by the way, don't forget, we are giving away a $300 gift certificate to Agard Watches one week from today. And if you would like a chance to possibly win a $300 gift certificate, courtesy of Agard Watches and our good friend Mike the Brickwall, one of our CDT insiders and supporters, uh, then what you need to do is be on our email list, and I suggest you go to our website to get all the details. Just go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can actually enter more than once, and I tell you all about it on the website. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. T for the details, but we're going to pray. We're going to jump in. Retired Army Colonel Matt Dooley is going to be on to talk about Russia, and then of course we're going to have uh, Michael Hitchborn from Lepanto Institute to talk about his new report coming out today. Let's pray. Let's get started in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly into thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, May 2nd, and these are your headlines. The AP reports Russia makes last-minute bond payment to avoid default. Russia halted its default instead by making a last-minute payment using its dollar reserves sitting outside of the country, U.S. Treasury officials said. The U.S. has been attempting to force Russia to use its foreign currency reserves or any revenue from oil and gas sales in order to deplete the country's financial resources. The Epic Times reports FBI warrantless searches of Americans' data doubled from 2020 to 2021. The report from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence details U.S. intelligence agencies' use of Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which authorizes the warrantless surveillance of electronic communications content stored by U.S. Internet service providers. The office noted that this year's report was the first one to track the FBI's use of raw data collected by the NSA. According to the report, the FBI used its Section 702 powers to collect the data of roughly 3.4 million U.S. people in 2021, up from 1.3 million a year before. The report only provides statistics from 2020 to 2021. Reuters reports Serbia shows off new Chinese missiles in display of military power. Serbia Serbia is striving to balance its partnership with NATO and aspirations to join the European Union with its centuries-old religious, ethnic, and political alliance with Russia. They displayed the Chinese surface-to-air defense system, which was purchased by Belgrade in 2019 and delivered earlier this month. It is similar to the U.S.'s Patriot missile defense system. Serbia is currently the only European country to operate the Chinese missile system and Chinese combat drones. And The Hill reports Biden considering income stipulations on student loan cancellation. 
President Biden is considering limiting student loan forgiveness to individuals who make below a specific income. Officials are looking at limiting cancellations to those making below $125,000 or $150,000 as an individual, or $250,000 or $300,000 for couples who file taxes together. Since his 2020 presidential campaign, Biden has promised to eliminate at least $10,000 in student debt per borrower, but fellow Democrats and activists are pushing for more ahead of the midterm elections. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Athanasius. Yes, the Saint Athanasius. He was born in 298, and Athanasius led a tumultuous but dedicated life of service to the church. He was a great champion of the faith against the widespread heresy of Arianism. It was said that the church woke up one day and found itself Arian. Athanasius Contramundi. Athanasius against the world. The teaching by Arius that Jesus was not truly divine. The vigor of his writings earned him the title of a doctor of the church. And he was born of a Christian family in Alexandria, Egypt, and given a classical education. Athanasius became the secretary to Alexander, the bishop of Alexandria, and entered the priesthood and was eventually named bishop himself. His predecessor, Alexander, had been an outspoken critic of a new movement growing in the East. That would be Arianism. When Athanasius assumed his role as a bishop of Alexandria, he continued to fight against Arianism. At first, it seemed that the battle would be easily won and that the Arians would be condemned. Such, however, did not prove to be the case. The Council of Tyre was called, and for several reasons that are still unclear, the Emperor Constantine exiled Athanasius to northern Gaul. This was to be the first in a series of travels and exiles reminiscent of the life of St. Paul. After Constantine died, his son restored Athanasius as bishop. This lasted only a year, however, for he was deposed once again by a collation of Arian bishops. Athanasius took his case to Rome, and Pope Julius I called a synod to review the case and other related matters. Five times Athanasius was exiled for his defense of the doctrine of Christ's divinity, and during one period of his life he enjoyed ten years of relative peace, reading and writing and promoting the Christian life among the lines of the monastic ideal to which he was greatly devoted. His dogmatic and historical writings are almost all polemic and directed against every aspect of Arianism. Among his ascetical writings, his Life of St. Anthony achieved astonishing popularity and contributed greatly to the establishment of monastic life throughout Western Christian world. He died May 2nd in 373. St. Athanasius, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6, verses 22 through 29. After Jesus had fed the 5,000 men, his disciples saw him walking on the sea. The next day, the crowd that remained across the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not gone along with his disciples in the boat, but only his disciples had left. Other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they had eaten the bread when the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. 
do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that, he, that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom said, Kindness and lenity are not always expedient. To the indolent or insensible disciple, the spur must be applied. And this, and this the Son of God does. For when the multitude comes with soft speeches, Rabbi, when earnest thou hither? He shows them that he did not desire the honor that cometh from man, but are by the severity of his answer, which both exposes the motive on which they acted and rebukes it. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, or as St. Augustine puts it, as if he said, ye seek me to satisfy the, satisfy the flesh, not the spirit. Alcuin, in the ninth century, wrote, through the hand of the priest thou receivest the body of Christ. Think not of the priest which thou seest, but of the priest thou dost not see. The priest is the dispenser of the food, not the author the Son of Man gives himself to us that we may abide in him and he in us. Do not conceive that the Son of Man to be the same as the other sons of men. He stands alone in abundance of grace, separate and distinct from all the rest. For that Son of Man is the Son of God, Alcuin. Notice that Jesus doesn't actually answer their question, Lord, how did you get here? When did you come? He doesn't even bother. He simply reads their minds and their hearts and their souls, and he responds, You want some earthly result. You are attached to the world, the flesh, and the devil, and you ought not to be. That's really what's going on here. Even Hadock's commentary makes this clear. It says, Christ did not return and express answer to their words, but he replied to their thoughts. For they seem to have put this question to him, that by flattering him they might induce him to work yet another miracle, similar to the former, but Christ answers them not to seek for their temporal prosperity, but for their eternal welfare. <clears throat> the church is daily filled, says St. Austin, with those who come to petition for temporal advantages, that they may escape this calamity, obtain that advantage in their temporal concerns, but there is scarce one to be found who seeks for Christ and pays him his adoration through the pure love he bears him. Which do you serve, the world or the Lord? Let's meditate. We'll be right back. Some atheistic scientists claim we don't need God to explain the universe because science is sufficient to get the job done. But is this true? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Science could never negate the need for God because it can't give an exhaustive explanation of the universe. First, it relies on the inductive method in order to validate its hypotheses. As such, scientists can never be certain they've discovered every piece of data necessary to give a complete explanation. 
they must always be open to discovering something new that could alter their current theory. Furthermore, science presupposes an existing universe to observe and explain. Thus, it could never explain why the universe exists in the first place rather than not. Science has explanatory power, but not enough power to negate the need for God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, retired Army Colonel Matt Dooley is going to be our guest to talk about uh, all this talk of nuclear weapons being used, possibly nuclear war on the horizon. Will Russia actually use nuclear weapons? What would it take to get to that point? What can we do to avoid that? Uh, to avoid that? All of that and more coming up with Colonel Matt Dooley at 35 past the hour. Joining us once again, though, is uh, the president and founder of Lepanto Institute, Michael Hitchborn. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Joe. Good to, he good to hear you. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. It's good to see you. Hopefully your Easter is going well so far. Absolutely. Uh, God is very good. So we, uh, well, we're... God is very good, I'll just say that. <laughs> I could tell there's something there you wanted to say, but you stopped. That's good. Praise God. All right, let's jump into it. There's a brand new report coming out from Lepanto Institute this morning. Tell us about this. We have, is this breaking news for us? Yes. Uh, just this morning, we published a new video report showing that the, um, the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, which is the anti-poverty program of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, uh, is now currently giving a third consecutive grant to an organization called the Ostara Initiative. And the problem is the Ostara Initiative, we have proven two years ago, uh, is actively advocating for women to be able to have access to abortions in women's prisons. Um, just to give you some of the evidence here, because it's uh, there's a lot that we collected, but I think some of the key information, and it comes directly from the organization itself. <clears throat> Now, by way of explanation, the Ostara Initiative uh, is the outgrowth of a, a collection of, of groups that were working together in order to uh, achieve women's reproductive justice within the prison system. And um, one of the primary projects of the Ostara Initiative is called the Minnesota Prison Doula Project. Now, just to be clear, in 2019, the bishops gave... Ostara Initiative, $60,000, and then they gave them $65,000 in 2020. So that's already $125,000 just in two years. We don't know what they got for the third year. Uh, that, that information has not been released yet, but there's, this is a lot of money. Um, in 2018, so the year before they got their first grant, uh, the Ostara Initiative director, or the founder of the Ostara Initiative, and also the director of the Minnesota Prison Doula Project, their names are Erica Garrity and Raylene Baker, 
they gave a presentation to a student organization at Carleton College. And the, the student organization is called Student Advocates for Reproductive Choice. <laughs> this group is thoroughly pro-abortion. I mean, I've seen pictures of them plastered all over the place, wearing NARAL shirts, saying we love abortion, all that kind of stuff. These, these people are just in the thick for abortion. The presentation was titled Reproductive Justice and the Justice System. Now, Carleton College wrote an article about this presentation, just kind of giving a summary of what was talked about and how it went. I want to read to you two excerpts. Although, and this is a quote, although the Minnesota Prison Doula Project focuses on, on pregnancy care, birth, and child care, Erica and Raylene described how, due to the lack of support for abortions within the prison, the doulas have sometimes served as resources for women considering abortion. Mm. Okay, so this is a very uh, telling statement. The article then also says, Erica and Raylene described how, despite the lack of a, the fact that abortion is legal, the prisons are legally required to allow incarcerated women to have them. Many jails and prisons attempt to keep women from getting abortions by ignoring their requests or putting off their appointments until it's too late to have an abortion. So. Here we have Erica and Raylene complaining that, hey, these women want to have abortions, but the prisons aren't allowing them to get them. That same year, 2018, there was an article that appeared in a publication called Feminist Campus. And I'm just going to read to you this excerpt. It says, one group that has worked to support incarcerated women seeking access to reproductive health care, including abortion, is the Minnesota Prison Doula Project. Though the work of the doulas was initially focused on prenatal care, birth, and mothering, they have recently added a few of their clients in accessing abortion care, which demonstrates the group's responsiveness to the needs of the community. And just a few days ago, uh, like a week ago, um, Erica Garrity and uh, the director for research for the Ostara Initiative, a woman named Rebecca Schlafer, they published an analysis of the Justice for Incarcerated Moms Act of 2011. And in their analysis, they say this. This is a quote. Pregnant people experiencing incarceration have been denied access to their constitutional right mm. to abortion. So these people are actively advocating for abortion. There's no two ways about this. Uh, you'll see a lot more in our video report, but... We, we also found video footage from a uh, conference that they held last year. And in, in this video conference, they defined reproductive justice as including abortion care, as allowing women to have access to abortions and this kind of thing. So there's no way that the CCHD can deny that this organization is advocating for abortion. Mm. And yet, for a third year in a row, and we a lot of this information we gave back in 2020, um, hmm. And they're continuing to get a grant. So it's, it's uh, can I ask, to say, other than that it's despicable. Can I ask a dumb question? Um, so this is about <laughs> yeah, women in prison. Is it because they're having conjugal visits uh -huh. with their spouses? No. In like, fact, how, how do women uh, in prison become pregnant? pregnant? So they're, they're, they're going into prison. Um, already pregnant. I see. So, so okay. What happens is they get arrested, you know, I they see. get tried, they get thrown in jail, okay. and then they take a pregnancy test and find out, oops, 
Okay. Because I was wondering if there was another issue that needs to be addressed here as to how women in prison become pregnant <laughs> outside of the conjugal visit, I suppose. Uh, which, you know, there was stories recently about uh, these uh, these men who pretend to be women and go to women's prisons. But at any rate, that's a separate issue. All right. So let me ask you a question then. Let's play devil's advocate for a second. Okay. I, you lay out a very convincing argument. You make it very clear. It seems obvious to most of us. But let's pretend for a second the bishops aren't aware of anything you just said. Okay, I said pretend for a reason. All right, but in their mind, from their perspective, issuing the grant from hard-earned donated dollars from Catholics who s continued somehow to put money into a basket, uh, what are they thinking they're actually giving to? In their mind, from their perspective, what is it they believe their money is, is being used for? Now, I will say this. I, I watched the four-and-a-half-hour video conference that they held a couple of years ago, or, or last year. And uh, I, I sympathize with what they're trying to do. The, some of these women really are very poorly treated. I'm and, sure. Um, uh, the, the problem of women being pregnant while incarcerated, uh, they're shackled, they're mm. led into a delivery ward in a hospital where they can deliver their baby, they're allowed access for 36 hours, but they're not allowed to pump, they're not allowed to provide breast milk, you know, they're... There are all sorts of issues because, you know, if you think about the way justice works, while this woman may be incarcerated, that child does have a right to his, to his Amen. mother. And, yes. you know, there, there's, it is a complicated issue and there is something that needs to be addressed. The problem is that this group is also advocating for abortion uh, along with trying to allow these women to have at least a semblance of dignity as they deliver their babies. Mm. It's, um, it's complicated, and I, as I said, I do sympathize, but what they're doing is wrong. So the bishops, in the, from the bishops' uh, perspective, they, they believe that this money is going to alleviate some of the issues you just, you just said. Yeah, that would be the assessment, sure. Okay, and, uh, and the, but the reality is they've given money to a group of people who are strong advocates of abortion, why wouldn't they just simply find a different organization who doesn't support abortion but does still want to address these issues? Well, I think that that's a legitimate question, and the answer is I don't know. But um, I do think that if they wanted to support an advocacy for uh, women who were, you know, a, a, a similar advocacy group, one that was not doing the uh, promotion of abortion. And by the way, they actually produced their own pregnancy guide where they were promoting IUDs, birth control wow. pills, uh, Depo-Provera. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious that these people are, they're not in line with church teaching. Mm -mm. They're violating CCHD guidelines. It's, it's obvious. But um, the bishops, once they know, they have an obligation to act. And there are, there are ways within grant guidelines for the CCHD to cut off funding, to, um, to require that the organization actually give back the money that it gave because it broke its grant agreement. Um, but if they don't do that, then, then what's the purpose of having any guidelines at all? Yeah. Okay, so who votes to actually approve these grants? Like, is it just a majority vote of all the bishops? Is it a, a committee of the bishops? Is it lay folk working for the bishops? Who actually gives the rubber stamp to release the funds? So it's primary, primarily controlled by the bureaucrats. Uh, what happens is the organization applies for a grant with the CCHD on the local level. 
it gets approved by a low-level bureaucrat who makes a visit to the organization, asks them questions, um, they fill out a questionnaire, and, and they, there's generally kind of a brief communication between the two. If the local person approves the grant, then they send that grant application on to Washington, D.C., where the national CCHD goes over the paperwork and then either approves or denies the grant, sends the uh, application process back to the local person, and then the local person goes to their bishop and says, Your Excellency, here's all our information on this group. Um, you can either approve it or not. And what the CCHD does is they throw all the bishops under the bus every <laughs> single time we find a problem and say, well, the bishop approved it. Yeah, but my question is, what information did you give him? Right. Because the bishop's not the one doing the investigation. The bishop's not the one doing the campus visit. You are. And uh, they, they never quite answer that question. But does that um, let the bishop off and, the hook? I mean, at the end of the day, the buck stops with him, doesn't it? It does. And uh, quite honestly, I do send my reports to all the bishops in the country uh, when I send out my press releases. So they're... There really shouldn't be any excuse um, other than for the bishops to say, well, I, I didn't know um, because my guys didn't tell me. Well, now you do. Right. Yeah. I mean, how much more do you need to know other than there are Catholics who are very concerned about giving donated dollars to these organizations year after year after year? I mean, what at what point do we just say no more? No more. I mean, how much, haven't they taken a hit in the kitty here? I mean, it seems like a lot of Catholics have stopped giving to this. Yeah, a lot of Catholics have stopped giving to it. The problem is that the USCCB has no actual oversight over the books. So we don't know how much money they're taking uh, from other areas, the general fund, and yeah. pumping up the CCHD in order to keep it going. We have no way of knowing. Wow. Uh, all we know is what the, um, what the budget is at the end of the year is uh, where they say well this is how much we're allocating to all these different programs but they don't tell us how much they take in how much they're allocating or anything like yeah. that it's just this is our budget well we are out of time with Michael Hitchborn but check out the report the full report on their YouTube channel but go to LepantoIN.org LepantoIN.org for links to their channel and a whole lot more information Michael thank you men it's time Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's March from the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? 
Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. Breitbart reports, poll, most Americans say high prices force them to change eating habits. The vast majority of Americans, now 87%, acknowledge that they are paying more for groceries now than they were a year ago. That includes 93% of Republicans, 85% of Democrats, and 84% of Independents. The overall outlook is not positive either, as 64% predict they will be paying even more for groceries one year from now, with just 9% predicting it will be lower. The survey also asked respondents if rising food prices caused them to change their eating habits, and 55% yes said yes, it has. Half of Democrats say this is the case for them, and 62% of Republicans and 56% of independents said the same. The Daily Wire reports, we are not the opinion police. Mallorca's defense partisan pick to head disinfo board. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas defended the decision to make Nina Yankovic the head of its department's disinformation governance board, despite concerns that her own political opinions could prevent her from approaching the job in an unbiased manner. When asked whether the now-depunct Trump Steele dossier was disinformation, Mayorkas answered, That's exactly why we set this working group, to make sure that our work to address a real threat to the homeland, the threat posed by Russian disinformation, the threat posed by Chinese disinformation, by Iranian disinformation, the work that we do does not infringe on people's right of free speech. The Washington Examiner reports Connecticut to become a place of refuge for abortions, a lawmaker says. The bill, which was proposed with bipartisan support in both houses of Connecticut's Connecticut's legislature, would allow out-of-state visitors to undergo the procedure without consequence. Connecticut's Senate passed the bill by a vote of 25 to 9 on Friday night, and it's expected to be signed by the governor. And Reuters reports satellites detect California cow burps, a major methane source from space. Environmental data firm GHGSat analyzed data from its satellites and pinpointed the methane source from a feedlot in the agricultural Joaquin Valley near Bakersfield, California, in February. At last year's climate talks, more than 100 countries pledged to cut methane emissions by 30%, as well as halt and reverse deforestation by 2030. Much of this reduction would need to come from the livestock industry, according to the UN Food Agency, which said that livestock accounts for 44% of man-made methane emissions and a significant contributor to supposed climate change. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God and all thanks. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. You know, just a few days ago, Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, uh, was on Russian state television basically warning the West, saying that, uh, you know, the use of a nuclear weapon or nuclear war is, is very, the, the risk is very considerable given the proxy war that's been going on between the United States, NATO, and Russia at the time over Ukraine. So we wanted to dive into this potential, and we've invited retired Army Colonel Matt Dooley onto the program to talk about this. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter. It's good to see you guys. Uh, nuclear war. I'm like, I'm having flashbacks. I'm, I'm just old enough to be at the tail end of the, of the Cold War and, and I remember having uh, drills at school for what would we do in case of a nuclear blast, you know, all, those, all, the, all that type of thing. And uh, it seems strange to me. I thought we were past all this, but, uh, you know, my kids are going to have to experience a new Cold War. How do you see all of this, Colonel Matt Dooley? Yeah, it certainly is a uh, an echo return uh, of the days of the old big bad Soviet Union. Uh, and I'm old enough to remember it as well. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, it's one of the reasons why I ended up being an armor officer. Because I grew up convinced that my generation was going to have to meet the uh, the Soviet guards tank armies in the Fulda Gap in Germany uh, and attempt to stop them uh, and take it over the rest of, of NATO. And I figured the best way to do that was to take my stand in the 2nd Armored Cavalry Regiment in an M1A1 Abrams. Um, and while I was going through uh, West Point the first couple of years, um, yeah, the wall had already come down in 89, uh, but the Soviet Union dissolved while I was at the academy. And so things changed. And, and for a time, um, it looked like it was going to be better. I remember seeing counterparts, uh, Russian cadets, visiting the academy. And when we encountered each other uh, unexpectedly, suddenly around a corner, uh, a guy grabbed a camera and took a picture of me instead of us shooting each other. Uh, and I thought, you know, maybe maybe we've seen a change in history. Uh, and that led to partnerships and working with NATO. Um, and I, I worked with Russians uh, in Bosnia in two tours. And uh, we collaborated and worked together uh, to be peacekeepers, peace enforcers. And so I, I had thought through the first part of my career uh, that things were going to be different. Uh, in 1997, uh, there was a signed agreement between Russia and NATO that seemed to be pointed in that direction. And then Yeltsin handed off the reins to Vladimir Putin, and everything changed. In the last 10 years or so, I've really seen an, an escalation in isolation of, of Russia from uh, the West, turning away from NATO, um, and this, this idea that it appears that, that Putin has of resurrecting uh, Imperial Russia to understand him. You've really got to see the, 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 through the lens of the czars more than anything else. And the old boundaries of the Soviet Union matter to him, and the trauma of the dissolving of the Soviet Union matter to him because he's an old KGB colonel. <clears throat> and so when we look, getting to your point, about the threat of use of nuclear weapons, uh, I really see it as, as tied to a couple of things. One... Um, He's, he's got to, to reestablish some credibility uh, of Russia on the international stage. And it's easy when you have 6,000 nuclear weapons to threaten that. Uh, but realistically, uh, strategically, he's got to convince NATO to try to stay out of uh, this war he's created in Ukraine. And so by threatening the use of nuclear weapons, um, it's the, <clears throat> the primary purpose in keeping us from, from directly intervening. It's just, I find that this situation is incredibly complicated, and it's never been uh, as that straightforward. You know, the more I look into it, the more complicated it seems. Russia would claim that they're just trying to defend Russian citizens who live in Ukraine, um, similar to how we went to Grenada to protect uh, Americans that were going to school there, for instance. Uh, I, I've seen reports of, uh, of of these Russian citizens living in the Ukraine in the Donbass, you know, making claims about what the Azov has been doing to civilians there. And uh, and it seems like this is a very muddy water. Uh, we now know that we have biolabs uh, funded by uh, the United States and other billionaires around the world. And it's we all know that Ukraine has been a country that has, uh, you know, laundered dirty money from around the world for many, many years. I think m most Americans don't want a proxy war, and yet we just we just decided to raise another $33 billion for this. If you were P Putin, wouldn't you want uh, to secure this this loose thread on your border? Uh, yeah, I think what you've got is a valid concern. Um, we'll go through each of the points you made in turn. Uh, <clears throat> the Russians have used uh, the, the reason 
of having ethnic Russians on the other side of a particular border as an excuse to intervene in Georgia and a couple of breakaway regions uh, in Ukraine. Um, they've also hinted at it um, in the uh, the Baltic republics, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, uh, in this small sliver of Moldova called uh, Transnistria. I'm, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right. <laughs> so the excuse of reaching across into someone else's sovereign border uh, to intervene uh, militarily on a grand scale, uh, in this case going after Russian uh, folks on the other side of the border, is, is a common excuse. Um, I look at Putin's motivations, and again, I don't, I don't absolve uh, Ukraine for, for any of its blemishes at all. Uh, but I look at, at what Vladimir Putin is doing as uh, a real test of 21st century civilization. Uh, do we want to permit the violation of someone else's sovereign borders um, from a nation that really wasn't posing a military threat uh, against Russia uh, simply because there are some insecurities that he has or because someone's doing something wrong to Russians on the other side of the border? Uh, I think it's, it's a valid question to debate that. Candidly, Ukraine uh, was corrupt in a lot of different areas, um, but a lot of that region in the world is everywhere. Um, not that that's an excuse, uh, but you've got to ask yourself the question. Being a, a state that has money laundering problems and corruption uh, and has you know, some questions of, of criminality, does that mean that nation deserves to be erased from the face of the earth? Um, my personal opinion is no. Um, I think that we, we had diplomatic opportunities here to solve this in any other way, and that Putin is wrong for sending in his army uh, to, to resolve what should have been done, something on the international uh, stage uh, in other ways. And it's cost him tens of thousands of Russian lives. We're talking with retired Colonel Matt Dooley about the Russia-Ukraine conflict and about the, the potential use of nuclear war and what looks like yet another proxy war from the United States. And it, like we were saying here, it gets very complicated. And we're up against a break here in just about a minute from now. Uh, and there's so much I want to talk, uh, talk to you about here. Uh, uh, his Russia, uh, Vladimir Putin's neighbors, are seriously considering entering the uh, NATO pact could that trigger a nuclear war? I think it's, it's definitely um, a question of escalation. Um, I don't think it will trigger a nuclear war, uh, but it is a situation caused directly uh, by Putin's actions. If he hadn't invaded Ukraine, uh, he wouldn't have given credibility to the fears of everyone who used to be a, a Warsaw Pact nation or, or who had never been on either one side or the other, uh, specifically uh, Finland and, uh, and Sweden. Well, no, they're, scared. they're scared. Yeah, but I think the issue is the whole world is now being threatened with nuclear war, so a retaliation would have to happen, I imagine. All right, so we're up against a break. We're talking with uh, Colonel Matt Dooley. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk more about the specifics of what would need to take place in order for such a thing to happen in this, what that would look like, how are these weapons deployed. There's been hints, talks about hypersonic weapons being used? Is it uh, that or is it something else? Uh, Putin's own health seems to be uh, rumors are flying. So all of that and more retired Colonel Matt Dillon coming up right after this very quick break. 
Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Colonel Matt Dooley is our guest. We're talking about Russia and the Ukraine conflict. We're talking about potential nuclear war. Welcome back to the show, Colonel Dooley. So let me ask you, what exactly would have to take place here? We've had uh, U.S. missile systems, radar systems, training. We've been giving tons of material support and it seems to be escalating. Now we have congressmen actually calling for potential U, uh, U.S. soldiers actually combating Russian soldiers directly. So what would need to take place, and in your estimation, before a nuclear weapon would be employed? Yeah, well, first I think, I think direct intervention uh, of U.S. military forces, I think, would be an escalation that would, would risk uh, changing the, the Russian calculus. So I think that would be a mistake, <clears throat> particularly since the Ukrainians seem to be doing just fine on their own, uh, unified as a country, uh, supported by uh, munitions and weapons resupplied by the West. Uh, I don't think that uh, our direct intervention is necessary. Would it be helpful? Uh, tactically, operationally, yes. Strategically, it would send, I think, a mixed signal to the Russians that I think would, would be dangerous. And that leads me to my next point. What do you think uh, would, would cause the Russians to want to use nuclear weapons? Uh, number one, anything that threatens the existence of the, of the regime, anything that, that, that threatens the collapse of Russia, um, certainly our use uh, of a nuclear weapon in a first strike would, would trigger that. Uh, our approach or uh, attack on any one of uh, the Russian nuclear capability triad, you know, their, their nuclear aircraft subs uh, or their, their ICBM launch sites. So those, those are the easy ones to discern. Uh, much harder, I think, to, to, to assess is where Vladimir Putin's calculus is. Um, I don't believe he's a rational actor right now in our traditional sense. There's been some speculation that, you know, number one, clearly you can see he's motivated to have a legacy uh, that reestablishes some greater Russia, uh, an imperial Russia, led by him and a few hand-selected oligarchs in his inner circle. But much deeper to that is he may be in poor health. And he's desperate to affect some sort of permanent positive change for Russia uh, before he passes away. 
Um, there's been some discussion about whether or not he's got cancer. Uh, that after May 9th, is he going to go underneath the knife? And so what does that look like as he's under pressure personally to do something significant? Um, do I think that's going to lead to a, a nuclear war? Uh, no, but I, I do feel strongly that he's, he's looking at changing the calculus. So <clears throat> what does that mean uh, from a military perspective? Um, I, I think they may be speculating on whether or not they can use a, a tactical weapon or chemical munitions to create some sort of breakthrough and operational change on the battlefield inside Ukraine. And so that, that changes our calculus. What do we do in response? Uh, and that's the, the slippery slope discussion we had during the Cold War. Whoever uses tactical nukes first, then gets tactical nukes in response, which are small, low-yield weapons. And then does that escalate? Does someone take out a strategic target, a city? And then you, just, you, you take out a city in response to that. And what's enough before both sides recognize, wait a minute, before we deploy a mutually assured destruction, perhaps we should go to the negotiation table. So this idea of escalate to de-escalate uh, is what we're trying to figure out right now. Uh, where will the Russians, if they choose to use that kind of weapon, what, what do we think uh, they would do in, inside Ukraine and, and to what extent? <clears throat> Candidly, I don't believe we're there yet. But it's a good idea to start talking about it. Um, and the one thing that the Russia needs to understand, and I think we haven't been necessarily been as clear in articulating this, is that, yes, you have nuclear weapons. And for that, the West is not going to threaten and directly attack Russia. But we're going to support the Ukrainians. If you choose to use nuclear weapons, Russia, you should understand that the West has quite a few of them as well. And ours are more accurate uh, and probably better, better suited uh, to responding to you. So let's not go there. You use it, we'll use it. That message has to be made very clear because that mutually assured destruction uh, understanding diplomatically is what kept the peace for 50 years uh, and kept us from escalating. You know, Colonel Dooley, I, for people who grew up in the Cold War era and then the time immediately after the Cold War era, they get they had this uh, mentality of understanding of nuclear warfare being a real possibility. For people my age, this is really the first time that this has been a serious thing that people have actually considered. And uh, we have like video games that could talk about this, like the fallout kind of idea. And so the idea, the question becomes like, what exactly would happen if there was a nuclear warfare? And would it actually be more likely at this point rather than nuclear warfare than to be some kind of cyber warfare or even a uh, some kind of like EMP kind of uh, weapon being utilized on a on a major city and that because that alone would cause unbelievable amount of death and damage considering that everything is run on computers nowadays. Yeah, that is one concern: uh, the EMP effect and what that would do to our, our electrical infrastructure <clears throat> for both Russia as as well as us, and the long term damage consequence of that, you know, what are we 30 days, 90 days, 120 days uh, to, to repair the damage from that? Uh, there is concern about cyber attacks. That's not nuclear, uh, but you can certainly go after infrastructure control with cyber attacks. The one thing we, we have seen um, as an outcome of this is that um, we, we are uh, or we're as better prepared, if, if not better at it uh, than the Russians. They, they weren't as good with their cyber attacks. And so our combined government capability and commercial capability help either thwart uh, or shut down some of the Russian efforts 
And so that's a good news story. Uh, the second thing is that the, the, the Russia is hemorrhaging a lot of their intellectual capital. People who are good at this sort of thing are leaving the country. So, you know, maybe perhaps their, their cyber guys uh, and their tech guys are getting out. So that, that's not such a bad story. But I am concerned that if we do escalate to, to infrastructure attacks, what that, what that would result in. Um, it's a good idea, and I'm, I'm certainly not uh, advertising to go out and buy a whole bunch of food now, but, uh, but pre prepping uh, some sort of 30-day supply of food and water for yourself is never a bad thing. Yeah, that's so true, and, and stay in a state of grace. Um, you know, to go back to something you, you mentioned just a, a few minutes ago is um, Russia being not as adequate as the United States to respond this way, but we have also seen a, a sort of... Um, a willingness from China to to kind of be involved in what's going on in in Ukraine or to support Russia and economically or financially, you know, what have you. But could China be involved in a, a strike this way? What do you think about that? Uh, I think a couple of things. They definitely wanted a realignment of the international uh, power control, power sharing uh, alignment. They did. They, the Chinese clearly don't want the U.S. to be dominant. They want to be dominant, and so they saw a closer relationship with Russia as being beneficial to them. Uh, but I don't think, in their original calculus prior to February 24th or so, that they believed that uh, that Russia was truly going to invade on this kind of scale. Um, and they certainly didn't uh, believe or understand that should something like this happen, they would go as disastrously as it has. Uh, the last thing the Chinese want is a global conflagration that consumes them. Um, but they are observing this very carefully, judging the reaction of the U.S. and the reaction of the West at large uh, to this inv invasion of Ukraine and their calculus uh, to dealing with Taiwan. So both those things are in play. Um, I do believe that the Chinese understand that you know they've got an, uh, an ally in Russia uh, but they weren't prepared to have to support and prop up the Russian economy uh, because they've got their own challenges. And so this extent that they were going to have to bail out their, their new partner here, I think, is a, is a brutal reality uh, they're now having to contend with. A lot of, uh, a lot of presumptions strategically uh, by both the Chinese and the Russians turned out to be false. And so they're in a real pickle. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm not in, uh, on their decision committees. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what we meant a minute ago, you mentioned uh, Vladimir Putin's health. You know, he's going under surgery uh, coming up in just a few days. And apparently he's turning things over to Nikolai Patrochev, who apparently is the guy who convinced him to make this special military operation happen, uh, which is very concerning. I think a lot of people are, are concerning. Do you see anything into this character? I don't know a lot about this Nikolai, but... Is it possible while Vladimir Putin's an anesthetized, uh, this person might take extraordinary actions that we should be concerned about? Yeah, looking at the, at the, <clears throat> the history of Russian politics uh, you know, during the era of Stalin and then some of the intrigue, uh, we're back to that. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Um, I've got several questions on my mind. You know, number one, does this guy use this as an opportunity to try to uh, save a little bit of his own face? Um, you know, what kind of conditions for victory does he create so that Russia can declare victory and step away from this? Uh, or is he, is he a madman? I, I know very little about him other than the fact that, yeah, that this has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, he, he encouraged this, uh, and it said we could probably get away with this, lad, if we just, if we just, you know, follow my plan here. 
Um, he's got a lot of explaining to do. Uh, but the outcome also is you know, indicating who might replace Vladimir Putin. Uh, who's the next guy in line should you know he get to the end of his regime? If is this a guy? Uh, is he uh, the replacement for for Putin as Putin was a replacement for Yeltsin? So there's some interesting uh, information here on, the, on this guy. Um, and then, then the third piece is, uh, is this the opportunity with Vladimir Putin underneath the knife for them to be a, a, uh, an opportunity to get, get rid of him, you know, peacefully on the table? Uh, he just passes away uh, for medical reasons and is conveniently moved uh, off to the side of history and, and Russia's used for peace. Hmm. Uh, all three elements to this are, are something we're going to watch for the next couple of weeks very, very closely. Yeah, maybe we'll get another Tom Clancy no- novel and movie out of this in the future. Who knows? Yeah, but, definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, uh, real quick, we're down to about a minute left. Uh, do you feel like uh, Russia would use, if they had to, their hypersonic missile technology? And could that, you got about 30 seconds, could that make a game changer for everything? Uh, the hypersonic weapon is, is just a, a, a method of delivery uh, because it moves so fast it's difficult uh, to counter and shoot down. Um, that's, that's really the only significance uh, tactically uh, that it has. Uh, a nuclear weapon is a nuclear weapon. Uh, so if they're going to put one on a hypersonic weapon, it just means it gets there quicker. Uh, to me, I think the, the use of it uh, is far more important uh, than the, the delivery means. All right, we're out of time. Colonel Matt Dooley, thank you for your input. We appreciate it. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. God bless. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Join us in the second hour, and don't forget to enter that Agar $300 watch giveaway. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and find the details of how you might win a $300 watch gift certificate from Agar Watches and our friend Mike the Brickwall from Virginia. We'll see you in the next hour. God bless you. God love you. And until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. 
Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Hi, this is Kim. This is Courage. And this is Chastity from 321 Voices. And you are listening to 1430 AM. Radio Radio for your soul. KSHJ, Houston. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Monday, May the 2nd, 2022. And uh, it's going to be a great week. And we have a lot of great interviews lined up for you this week. We just wrapped up a good conversation with Colonel Matt Dooley, talking about uh, the Russia-Ukraine conflict there, getting some insight from a military strategy perspective on the use of nuclear weapons what that would mean what that might look like and i remember if you're at least my age or older you remember those days you remember all of like remember the day after the tv movie that came out you know scaring us all to death about what uh, life would be like post nuclear uh, apocalypse and then that that led to all the genre of of movies like uh, you know mad max for instance is a, oh, yeah. a good one you know that all came from the Cold War. Well, I guess we now we can look forward to more Cold War era films coming out soon. Good morning, <laughs> Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Yeah, that was a fascinating conversation. And you know, just to repeat, to repeat myself: stay in a state of grace. You never know what's exactly. going to happen. Exactly. And uh, the the one thing that you can be sure of is if you stay in a state of grace, mm-hmm. it's going to be good for you. Yes, the answer to the world's problems happens. Uh, the solution is this Saturday morning coming up. Mm-hmm. First, Saturday first Saturday devotion. That is the solution to all of your problems. Praise be to God. Make sure you make time to go to First Saturday devotions. Speaking of needing First Saturdays, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Praise be to God. Despite the fact that uh, we're having oncoming uh, nuclear warfare, Let's it is now. still good to be here. Come on. It's, uh, <laughs> it's going to be a good day. It's Nobody wants it, nuclear warfare. Adrian says, confirmed. Tomorrow it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Can, I, I can see him. Stop They're scaring coming. the kids, Adrian. And <laughs> it's here. No, it's, but no, praise be to God. It was a wonderful weekend praise be to god Amen. we had uh the mm-hmm. it was hanging out with friends all weekend and it yeah. was uh, such a blast we went to top golf and i am a Ooh. horrible horrible <laughs> golfer and that's at top golf so if we went if i went real golfing i can't even uh, it'd be even worse because i'm just smacking the balls yeah. but uh the, if we we're actually out there uh it's called percussive it'd be, therapy it'd be, it'd be terrible <laughs> it'd be so bad i'd be breaking uh these golf clubs left and right yes and, no nope no thank you but yeah, praise be to sure. god it hey, was a blast 
Uh, I want a big shout out to Monica and Tony and the and the kids stopping by the booth at the big game on Friday night. We ha- here in our neck of the woods, where our studio is in the Houston area, we have a huge basketball game every year between priests and seminarians. We didn't do one in 2021 for the pandemic, right? But uh, we're back in style. In fact, it was a sold, like a sold out crowd practically. It was a massive crowd, about 4,000 ish people, and uh, so much fun, high energy, great game. And Monica and Tony stopped by the booth after the game to say hi. So, uh, you, CDT Insiders, God bless you. Thank you guys for being a part of the CDT family, and we really appreciated being able to, to meet you in person. So, praise be to God. By the way, I'm going to be in Alabama on uh, May the 20th through the 23rd. And uh, I may, I don't know, I'm, I'm asking the question. Birmingham, Alabama, if you're up for this and you would like a, a, a meet-up, like a meet-and-greet of sorts, let me know. Contact us here through the website and let me know your interest level and uh, maybe I'll set that up while I'm in Alabama. You can go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to find contact information. But while you're there, make sure to get in on the $300 gift watch or gift certificate agar watch giveaway. I, I'll spit that out eventually. So we're, we're giving away a $300 gift certificate courtesy of agar watches and our friend, Mike the Brickwall, who uh, is a CDT insider and a supporter of our Guadalupe Radio Network apostolate, have given us this gift to give to one of you. And you could buy whatever you want from Eggard Watches with this $300 gift certificate. To win, you need to enter to win, and you can enter several times. You can increase your opportunities. All the information is on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We will give that away one week from today. So you have this week to make it happen. So please do go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get in on that action. All right, we're going to pray. We're going to have a good news story coming up for you. Uh, praise be to God. And then, of course, we're going to have a Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then a little reflection. Then we play our game, Fear and Trembling. And Rudy Carlos is promising me we're giving away, what, uh, all-expense-paid trip to... It's an all-expense trip uh-huh, to... Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. You have to tune in to find out. Oh, really? <laughs> to the post office <laughs> is what it's going to be. <laughs> no, we do always have cool prizes to give away. No, I'm just teasing. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's your good news story for the day. Reunited, and it feels so good. Epic Times reports California teen with autism who went missing three years ago reunites with family after Utah deputies find him. An autistic 19-year-old who went missing from California in 2019 was found sleeping alone in a cold parking lot in Utah. With the help of deputies, he was since reunited with his family. When our deputies made contact with Connor Jack in the morning of April 9, 2022, he was cold and alone at the Jeremy Store gas station in Greater Park City area, said Administrative Lieutenant Andrew Wright of the Summit County Sheriff's Office. We'd had several previous interactions with Connor Jack, but we were unable to identify him because he had refused to tell us who he was. Connor Jack Oswald 
was not in violation of the law, so despite receiving multiple reports, reports about him pushing a cart in the area, the deputies never demanded his information. However, on April 9th, Wright said he agreed to sit in the front seat of one of our police cruisers, where he warmed up. The deputy scanned his finger with a fingerprint scanner, and an arrest warrant came up. Concerned and wanting to help the displaced teen, deputies and dispatchers dug deeper. A 911 dispatcher searched the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's website, and 16 pages in, he came across a flyer for Connor Jack Oswald, who went missing from his home in Clear Lake, California, on September of 2019. Deputies made contact with Connor Jack's mother, Susan Flint, who claimed her son had a distinctive birthmark on his neck. Deputies looked and saw the described birthmark, said Wright. The family was very emotional when they found out we had located him. You can hear the mother on the phone on the deputy's body cam. When Connor Jack's identity was confirmed, said Wright, there wasn't a dry eye in the room. This is a very rare call for us to experience in Summit County, mostly because we are a mountain community that gets very cold at night, he reasoned. Additionally, we don't have a lot of resources for transient people, so it's an uncommon encounter. The sheriff's office remains unsure of the circumstances surrounding Oswald's disappearance. According to the Associated Press, Connor Jack was 17 and diagnosed with autism and other mental health conditions when he left his home. Since Connor Jack went missing, his family didn't stop looking for him for even a day. They handed out flyers, looked through social media, and even made an effort to move back to his birthplace of Idaho Falls, Idaho, hoping that he would show up there. After being alerted that Connor Jack was found, his stepfather and grandfather went to Park City, Utah, to identify the missing teen in person and finally reunite with him. They met with him at a local hospital where he was receiving the care and resources he needed. Finding Connor Jack was the cherry on top for the sheriff's office, and during April's Autism Awareness Month, they were able to drive home the importance of compassionate policing and using their training in real-world scenarios. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Athanasius, born around 298. Athanasius led a tumultuous but dedicated life of service to the church. He was the great champion of the faith against the widespread heresy of Arianism, the teaching by Arius that Jesus was not truly divine. The vigor of his writings earned him the title as Doctor of the Church. Born of a Christian family in Alexandria, Egypt, and given a classical education, Athanasius became secretary to Alexander, the Bishop of Alexandria. He entered the priesthood and was eventually named bishop himself. His predecessor, Alexander, had been an outspoken critic of the new movement growing in the East. That would be Arianism. When Athanasius assumed his role as Bishop of Alexandria, he continued to fight against Arianism. At first, it would seem that the battle would be easily won and that Arianism would be condemned. Such, however, did not prove to be the case. In fact, it is said that the church groaned one day and woke up and found itself Arian. And it became Athanasius Contra Mundi, which is Athanasius against the world. The Council of Tyre was called, and for several reasons that are still unclear, the Emperor Constantine exiled Athanasius to northern Gaul. And this was the first in a series of travels that, of exiles that were reminiscent of the life of St. Paul. After Constantine died, his son restored Athanasius as bishop, and this lasted only a year, however, for he was deposed once again by a coalition of Arian bishops. Athanasius took his chance to go to Rome, and Pope Julius I called a synod to review the case and other related matters. Five times Athanasius was exiled for his defense for the doctrine of Christ's divinity, 
During one period of his life, he enjoyed 10 years of relative peace, reading and writing and promoting the Christian life along the lines of the monastic ideal to which he was greatly devoted. His dogmatic and historical writings are almost all polemic, directed against every aspect of Arianism. Among his ascetical rising, his life of St. Anthony achieved astonishing popularity and contributed greatly to the establishment of monastic life throughout the Western Christian world. He died on May 2nd, 373, St. Athanasius, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 6, verses 22 through 29. After Jesus had fed the 5,000 men, his disciples saw him walking on the sea. The next day, the crowd that remained across the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not gone along with his disciples in the boat, but only his disciples had left. Other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they had eaten the bread when the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, Amen. I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Gregory the Great said, In their persons, too, our Lord condemns all those within Holy Church who, when brought near to God by sacred orders, do not seek the recompense of righteousness, but the interests of this present life. To follow our Lord when filled with bread is to use Holy Church as a means of livelihood, and to seek our Lord not for the miracle's sake, but for the loaves, is to aspire to our religious office, not with a view to increase of grace, but to add to our worldly means. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, one thing from Cornelius Lapidae, and responding to verse 29, he says here that, as though he said, the work by which you will obtain food from God nourish, to nourish the soul unto everlasting life is to believe in me. For I bestow this food upon those who believe in me, for I myself am this food. Now, responding to the heretics at the time of Luther, Calvin, and the like, he says, he goes on and says, Faith assuredly is a holy and perfect work and satisfies those who possess it. For diligent faith leads to every good work, and good works preserve faith. For works are dead without faith, and faith is dead without works. This is very important because what is our Lord saying here is except that, that the fact that faith in and of itself is in fact a work. 
whenever you are believing, you are doing an action. An intellectual, an action of the will, so it's not a physical action of you like lifting something and pushing something, but by the very fact that you are moving your will to assent to the faith that is given, because faith is a gift from God. It is one of the theological virtues. God bestows he gives us the grace of faith, and then we respond to that grace of faith, and we accept it, moving our will to accept it, and by that, we are, in fact, working. So let's meditate on that today. Let us think about the fact that faith assuredly is a holy and perfect work and satisfies those who possess it, for a diligent faith leads to every good work, and good works preserve faith. Amen. Praise be to God. It is time to play Fear and Trembling with a brand new prize pack at stake this week. So if you would like a chance to win, what you need to do is pick up the phone and make a phone call right now. Phone lines are open. Rudy Carlos is standing by to take your call. That phone number is 877-757-9424. If you've never played, it's fun. It's easy. You have a guaranteed chance to get into the cup. Uh, if you has, if it's been at least a month, you can try calling back. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four. Always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity. An opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will Find out and get back to you, and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show. 
or we have secrets and agendas. And you're not allowed to tell anybody, all right? So don't, no, don't do it. Stop sharing us right now. Don't, okay, you got to promise. As long as you keep this between us, I will tell you all of my secrets and all of my agendas. Is that a deal? All right, number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before about your Catholic faith. Praise be to God. Just think about the bragging rights. And then, of course, number two, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. And our callers are the best. It's certifiable. Praise be to Jesus. And then, of course, we, we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everyone involved. But if you're new here, for your sake, I shall explain. I have three Catholic trivia questions, but we do not ask the caller the questions. So they don't even need to know the answers and could still win the game because instead of asking the caller, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes goes into the one and original, the only coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Catholic Gentlemen. Hey now. You know, a lot of people ask us, Joe, Rudy, what kind of upkeep do you do on your magnificent beard? Well, you know, the truth is this isn't even our final form. Your beard or loved one's beard is going to look amazing with this week's prize. Mm. If you're a Catholic man who wants to grow in his faith and mm. become a better man, wow. you'll be in the right place at CatholicGentleman.com. Wow. You'll find posts about manly saints, dressing mm. sharp, marriage, spiritual weapons, and a lot more. And uh, you'll find everything an authentic gentleman needs to know. Peruse their store also. They're generously sponsoring our game show with a tin of their beer balm. Whoa. Yeah. I need samples. <laughs> How can we possibly give out this prize if I have not tested it first? <laughs> you know, put, put your stamp of approval on Yeah, there you go. CatholicGentleman.com. Thank you for your generous gift giving away this week. And, uh, yeah, we we got to keep the beard sharp, guys. You know what I'm saying? Uh, CatholicGentleman.com. God bless you. God love you. All right, let's 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 go to the phones. Rhonda, good morning to you. Good morning. Is there a good man? Good morning, everyone. Is there a man in your life, Rhonda, who might be able to use Catholic Beard Bomb? I'm just curious. A Catholic uh, beard bond? Is it for if men have beards? Yes, like balm, like you know, you treat your beard to keep it nice and soft. Do you know a guy who has uh, uh, facial hair that might benefit from this? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) Well, maybe a Christmas present. Who knows? Where are you from, Rhonda? Uh, Houston. Praise be to God. Where do you go to church? Yes, uh, St. Francis Cabrini. St. Francis Cabrini. We, well, there's like a lot of people who listen from St. Francis Cabrini. What a wonderful nice. thing. Praise God. And has your yes. Easter gone well so far, Rhonda? Um, yes, yes. Actually, actually, it has. Thank you for asking. How about how about all of you? Praise be to God. It's uh, so far so good. That Hopefully, good. we'll be able to rest and sleep someday soon. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, other than that, <laughs> too much feasting. Yes. Uh, all right, Saranda, are you, are you familiar with this game? Do you know how the rules work? Um, yes, yes, I've, okay. I've played before. Oh, good. I've played before. Okay, uh, I am very. I, all I can say is I am very easily fooled. Very easily. I think, well, I'm here to help you, Rhonda. It's me and you, all right? <laughs> We're on the same team here. I'm, I'm your bestie in this game. Are you ready to play? Okay, yes. All right, let's see if we can navigate the difficult and tricky waters of one Rudolfo Carlos. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. 
It's good to see you again. It's good to be back. Still no green tie. <laughs> no green tie today. I'm taking that as a clue, Rhonda. It's no opposite green day. Tie for Rudy. Maroon. Okay. Well, Get you your wear Maggie's. green tie for St. Patrick's Day. Yes. I did, okay. I did wear that. Yes, you true. <laughs> Gig of Maggie's for Maroon. I got it. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, what is well, that now? I was going to say, my, I do have an Aggie husband. So oh, there I'm you go. Aggie. There you go. All right. We're going to go with uh, Rudy first. This is our custom. Rudy, are you ready, sir? I'm, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Rudy, can you tell me, or rather, can you name for me uh, the one New Testament book that is not considered synoptic? Okay, so it, synoptic being word for word, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, very similar stuff. That's okay. the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, you say? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go with uh, Adrian on this. Adrian, can you tell me? Or rather, can you name for me one of the New Testament books that is not considered synoptic? Well, clearly, clearly Rudy has not read the Gospels. Yeah, uh, you know. That's true. I was going to say that. <laughs> I can't read. Yeah. I can't. These kids can't read. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, that, that would obviously be Mark. Mark is Mark? nothing like the other Gospels. Uh-huh. It's like, what, are we, what am I reading here? Uh-huh. Is this even a Gospel? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, so uh, your answer is Mark, then. Okay. So true. Well, Rhonda, is it Mark, as uh, Adrian seems to think, or is it the Gospel of John, as Rudy seems to think? Which New Testament book is not considered synoptic? Who is right, who is wrong? Rhonda, uh, what say you? Meaning word, written word for word, you say? Similar, yeah. That's what like, that means? Yeah, it's kind of got the same uh, story, same themes, all of that. Uh... Uh, oh, Rudy? Survey oh, yeah. <laughs> So wise. Well played. I like how you played coy, Rhonda, as if you didn't know. I like that. That was, that was a, a nice that, touch. Well I, didn't, well, I really didn't know. Mm-hmm. That was throwing caution into the wind. Humility. I like this. Ah, this is masterful. Well done, Rhonda. You are in the cup. You could win. Praise be to God. In fact, John's gospel is considered not synoptic. Matthew, Mark, or, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic. John is uh, is the, the gap filler, so to speak. All right, you're in for one. We're going to double your chances. Super easy question. Going to Adrian this time. Uh oh, Adrian. That's dangerous. Is it dangerous being Adrian, or is the is it dangerous to talk to Adrian? Uh, it's dangerous being me. Got it. <laughs> Adrian the dangerous. It's dangerous to be me. It's hard. It's you know people what? always coming after me. Adrian, what occurred on Holy Thursday? What occurred on Holy Thursday? Well, you see, our Lord was there, mm-hmm. and He looked to His left. Yeah, and He looked to His right. Right, and He instituted the Eucharist. Whoa! It was the Last Supper. <laughs> Mind blown. Mm-hmm. Confirmed. Okay. Uh, hey, Rudy, can you tell me what occurred on Holy Thursday? <laughs> Listen, you know, it's just a regular old Passover setter, man. That's that's really? all it was. Really? Nothing, nothing unusual. On Thursdays? Yeah, they're just hanging out. I thought they were Fridays. No, no. Okay, no. Hey, no. All right, so regular you're saying old regular Seder. old? Yeah. Okay. Standard practice. Yep. Nothing special here. Move along. Move along. Some people would attach significance to this. I don't. <laughs> Some I would can't say. Imagine why. Some would say. All right, Rhonda. Is it as uh, Rudy seems to think? There was really nothing that special about Holy Thursday, or is it as Adrian seems to think? And it was the institution of the Holy Eucharist at the Last Supper. What happened on Holy Thursday, Rhonda? What say you? Um, let's see. Really, it, it, I wasn't thinking either one. 
but the closest to what I was thinking would be Adrian. Wow. To admit that Adrian's <laughs> right without really... Wow. Rhonda, I'm not ashamed to admit Adrian is right. I thank you very much, Rhonda. You Rhonda is master level. Rhonda is clearly a mm -hmm. beautiful, intelligent mm -hmm. woman. Mm -hmm. It's, it's <laughs> very obvious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. Okay. Let's uh, let's see if we can't triple your chances now, Rhonda. Let's see here. I think this is probably going to be the trickiest of all the questions today. So we got to be careful about this. Back to Rudy. Rudy, where? Is the Mensa located at Mass? All right, we're not talking about intelligent people here at Mensa. We're talking about Mensa in Latin, and it's the top of the altar. Oh, I thought this was about me. No? Uh, no? Are you a Mensa no. member? Well, I don't want to brag. <laughs> okay. You said it was what? It's the top of the altar. Top of the altar. No. Okay. Adrian, can you tell me? No. Okay, well, oh, there's wait, that. Wait, sorry. <laughs> that leaves us with one <laughs> option. Okay, can you tell me where is the Mensa located at Mass? Okay, so you, you have your altar right there, right? Yeah. And you look over to the right of the altar, uh -huh. and there's a little bitty table standing right there. Oh, okay. And they have little bitty yeah. cruets and yeah. little napkins. Itty bitty? Yeah. Itty bitty. This is like and a round, uh, roll, That roll is the Mensa. It's a okay. little, it's a table okay. next to the altar. Table next to the altar, you mm -hmm. say? Like I said, Rhonda, this is the trickiest question of all. Is it uh, is the Mensa the table on the right side, as your good friend Adrian seems to think, Rhonda, or is <laughs> it as as Rudy seems to think? <laughs> it is the top of the altar. Where is the Mensa located? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Rhonda, what say you? Oh, a, a caution into the wind again, um, uh, Rudy. <laughs> Survey says. Genius. Yes! Genius. I would have gotten that wrong 100%. You did oh, great, Frog. We had a three-peat right off the back this week. Look, making it look easy. Making it look so easy. Rhonda. to the left and look to the right before answering. Congratulations, Rhonda. You're in for three. We're going to put you on hold, but God bless you. Thanks for having a laugh with us today. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for the radio side of our show. Join us uh, in the after show if you can. Do not forget to get in on the $300 watch giveaway. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Athanasius. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Ye watchers and ye holy ones, bright seraphs, cherubim and thrones, 
raise a glad strain, Alleluia. Cry out dominions, princedoms, powers, virtues, archangels, angels, choirs, Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison. Christe eleison. Kyrie let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who raised up the Bishop St. Athanasius as an outstanding champion of your Son's divinity, mercifully grant that rejoicing in his teaching and his protection, we may never cease to grow in knowledge and love of you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Stephen, filled with grace and power, was working great wonders and signs among the people. Certain members of the so-called Synagogue of Freedmen, Cyrenians and Alexandrians, came and people from Cilicia and Asia, came forward and debated with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. Then they instigated some men to say, We have heard him speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, accosted him, seizing him, and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They presented false witnesses who testified, This man never stopped saying things against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him claim that this Jesus the Nazarene will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. All those who sat in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him, 
and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Though princes meet and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Yes, your decrees are my delight. They are my counselors. Blessed, Blessed are, are they who follow the law of the Lord. I declared my ways, and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous deeds. Blessed, Blessed are, are they who follow the law of the Lord. Remove from me the way of falsehood, and favor me with your law. The way of truth I have chosen, I have set your ordinances before me. Blessed, Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had fed the 5,000, his disciples saw him walking on the sea. The next day, the crowd that remained across the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not gone along with his disciples in the boat, but only his disciples had left. Other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they had eaten the bread, when the Lord gave thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As we continue this morning with the sixth chapter of John, the great Eucharistic chapter in the Gospels, we see before we build up to actually speaking explicitly about the Eucharist, kind of a reference to the great bread motif in sacred scripture. There is a kind of analogy with bread that there is sort of a layered meaning of what bread is meant to be for the spiritual life. And as one can speak about bread as being food for the soul, we really are invited to ponder and to consider 
what is the bread or what is the staple food for the imperishable soul that we possess, which is most important in our life. So before getting to the Eucharist, which will be coming in the subsequent days, today we are invited to reflect in the Gospel acclamation that the first motif for bread is that sacred scripture itself, or the Word of God, is meant to be a kind of daily bread for us. That we are called to feast or to feed on the Word of God, and this is meant to be a staple part of our life, which is feeding our imperishable soul. The second motif of bread, which is also detected in today's Gospel, and is seen very clearly in the fourth chapter of John, is where Jesus says, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me. In other words, our bread for our imperishable soul is also to do the will of God. That every single day of our life we should be nourished by the word of God, by his words in sacred scripture, and also to do the works of our Father as we hear in today's gospel, or to do the will of our Heavenly Father. If we follow the analogy with food further, we can say that three times a day most of us have our meals, and a lot of times the reminders for us to go and eat are we feel the pangs of hunger within our body, which is kind of a signal that, hey, it's getting close to time to eat. Your body is calling out for nourishment. Well, every time we feel those pangs of hunger, by making this analogy to food for the imperishable soul, it also should be to say, how am I doing with feeding my soul with the word of God and with striving to do God's will every day? In a way, you could have a three times a day reminder whenever you sit down to eat or whenever you feel a pang of hunger to say, how am I living God's word today? How am I living God's will today? In today's first reading, we hear about someone who considers the perishable part of his body to be entirely secondary to the imperishable part of his soul, and that, of course, is St. Stephen. Stephen is one who is going to give testimony to the Lord even to the point of laying down his life, of giving up his body precisely to be able to do the will of the Father, to testify to Jesus no matter the cost, even if it means the cost of his very life. And so, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that we too would always keep in mind the most important bread for our imperishable soul. Of course, it'll be the Eucharist, which we'll be speaking about very shortly, but today in particular we focus on remembering the Word of God, the words from sacred scripture as a food to nourish our soul, and of course the food to be able to do our Father's will, to do the works of our Father every day of our life. And let it be that as we sit down to eat or as we feel the pangs of hunger that we would never forget the more important nourishment which is owed to our imperishable soul. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops, for their physical and spiritual needs, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders that they would be inspired to enact just laws that would always safeguard the dignity of human life at every phase, especially those of the unborn, and laws which would never contradict the natural law of God. 
we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and the courage and perseverance to unite their sufferings with Christ on the cross. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us online and through radio, and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray that we would always receive as our daily bread the words of Jesus Christ found in the sacred scripture, and that we would always strive to live and do the will of our Heavenly Father. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And let us pray uh, in a special way for those being impacted by the wildfires in New Mexico at this time. For their safety, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for peace in the world, for all places ravaged by war. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Faith of our fathers living still in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword. Oh, how our hearts beat high with joy whene'er we hear that glorious word. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to Thee till death. Our fathers chained in prisons dark were still in heart and conscience free, and truly blessed would be our fate if we, like them, should die for Thee. Faith of our fathers, holy faith, we will be true to thee till death. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Look, O Lord, upon the offerings we present to you, in commemoration of St. Athanasius, and may witnessing to your truth bring salvation to those who profess, as he did, an unblemished faith through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as on the festival of St. Athanasius, 
you bid your church rejoice. So too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life. Teach her by his words of preaching and keep her safe in answer to his prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints we sing the hymn of your praise as without end we acclaim. Song to whose, song to whose, song to Dominus Deus Sabaot, Pleni sunt terra, Gloria tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope, and Michael our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face, have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, 
All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus indicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, Sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et imite nobis evita nostra, Sicut et nos imitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. I, Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally. 
come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. He who believes in me shall not thirst. No one can come to me unless the Father draw him. And I will raise him up and I will raise him up, and I will raise him up on the last day. I am the resurrection, I am the life, he who believes in me. Even if he die, he shall live forever, and I will raise him up, and I will raise him up, and I will raise him up on the last day. Let us pray. Grant us, we pray, Almighty God, that the true divinity of your only begotten Son, which we firmly profess with St. Athanasius, may through this sacrament ever give us life and protection through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of death. Amen. Gentle woman, quiet light, morning star, so strong and bright, gentle mother, peaceful dove. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray 
And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy that peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Samantha from Presentation Catholic Church. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.